Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of Expat Brad Podcast. It's Lamont Qureshi and uh, I hope I hope you've been having a great month. Um, April's done. Uh, Ramadan's over, Eid's done in Dubai and here we are. We are uh, at the end of April and it's almost May and I'm going crazy because um, at this point I start writing off <laughs> like you know, instead of ticking off stuff I've accomplished, I'm writing off stuff. I'm like, uh, all right, that's not going to happen anymore. That one's not going to happen anymore. Maybe I can exaggerate and say I accomplished that to, to you know, there's something to be said about lying to yourself. And <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm in that state right now, people. It's not necessarily a bad state. It makes me kind of go, well, I wrote too many things at the beginning. And now it's time to, you know, push comes to shove. You got to, it really hones you in on what is really important for me. Uh, what's important for me long term, but also what do I really like doing and stuff? So, you know, that 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 kind of stuff is going on in my head. Um, I hope <laughs> your year is going better and more planned. Um, but that's life, right? And here we are into... Almost the second round of the NBA playoffs, man, and uh, I, I'm, I, guys, now I'm feeling like it's, it's going to be the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. Um, if that happens, it'll be kind of cool because I think the Celtics are a great team. Then the Lakers have would be a comeback story of sorts, but also it might make me think the NBA might be suspiciously like the WWF or WWE, as it's known now, uh, it's, uh, yeah, maybe they fix that shit, <laughs> you know? Maybe maybe it's just a tug on emotions for people, and it, it it's kind of like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior coming face-to-face again and again every few years, right? And, and if you're a diehard fan of the either, both teams have the longest uh, fan base, I would say, just because of the sheer number of championships and history, um, I think they have that. The Lakers, obviously, you know, have this other kind of distinction about them. So if that happens, I'll be very suspicious, but it won't surprise me. Also, it's a it's a great story. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. I, I I've been liking it. I feel bad for the Kings and the Warriors because whichever team loses in Game Seven now. I just feel like I wish both of them could have gone through. Uh, interesting. It's a. It's been a fun playoffs though. Uh, screw the Bulls and their <laughs> pathetic team. Ah, uh, I don't know. I always have this soft corner for the Chicago Bulls, but they they've got too many soft corners in their own team for this to actually ever happen. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens next season. Let's see whether they go for the big trade off and throw dismantle and and rebuild or. Or they're going to give this team uh, of superstars one more shot, you know? Uh, I wouldn't call them all super superstars, but you know what I mean. Uh, they were high expectations. <laughs> anyway, um, this episode, you know, I've been traveling. I, I realized yesterday I was talking to someone, and I think I've traveled more this year, in this year, than I have in the past five years um, for various reasons. And it's been cool. I've gotten to see a few places. You know, I was talking to someone. I was talking to an Algerian dude. And he's like, you went to my country? Because I went there back in Jan. 
And uh, I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, even I need a visa to get back into my country. <laughs> it's interesting how very few people. So it was kind of, it kind of felt good to know I went to a place where where, where even white white people would suffer, uh, would find it hard to get to. You know, and <laughs> just a little bit of me felt good about that. Um, but it's not been the only place I've been to Pakistan a couple of times. Uh, I'm I'm going to Turkey uh, next month. And so, you know, this kind of traveling around a little bit, uh, traveling between the cities of Saudi as well, you know, um, and a few more trips planned for the rest of the year. So it sounds exciting. I might I might be able to squeeze in Lebanon and Egypt into it as well. So and and possibly the States as well. So a lot of plans. uh, But every time it comes back to traveling, I, I always get annoyed about the same thing. You know, it's the visa process. It's having to apply for visas. You know, uh, I just, having grown up with a Pakistani passport, let me tell you, all right, it's one of the worst passports in the world in terms of travel. All right. So it's, it's got like one of the least number of countries that give you visa on arrival. So it automatically just, you know, it just means I have to go through this process. Now I'm very grateful. I live in the UAE because the UAE has done such a great job of like, even if you have a resident visa out here, it allows you to travel to many a few more countries uh, based on that. So it opens up the world a little bit more, makes it a little bit more easy for me. And and because I've always faced that and seen that, it's it's very personal to me. You know, it's this idea of freedom of movement of people of human beings. You know, I mean, this world, uh, no one chooses where you're born and whatever, right? Yeah, and uh, and we should be allowed to move through this earth as we like it should it's a very simple concept right but it's fear and power play which causes people to put down these rules and boundaries and stuff just to just just because they want to hoard and whatever right a play a lot of fear a lot of uh selfishness and greed and 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 it really bugs me because you know it's just it's a right to move freely between countries between places it's it should it's a it's a fundable human right, yeah, to pursue your goals and aspirations, to seek safety and protection, to connect with others, right? Um, I mean, this other thing that triggered me today was I was reading about Sudan and it's going through a lot of hell right now. It's very unfortunate what's going on in there. Uh, and I hope the people are not completely crushed. They already are, you know, is the common people that get stuck between these two power plays. But there was this one story that really got to me was about how the Western embassies just ran away. Right, they, they extracted their staff, expectedly. Unfortunately, what's happened is they've left all these people uh, who had submitted their passports uh, like hanging in a limbo because they, they, they don't have access. These Sudanese people, nationals, don't have access to their passports. They're stuck in these embassies and there's no one in there to help them get it out. Or where they are, they're lost. They have no idea what's happened to it, and and so now, you know, there are families that want to get out, but they can't because one of the family members, the wife or the husband, their passport is stuck there. Uh, most of these embassies have been so. What, what I really found horrific was how they're responding to this. All right, so the Italian embassy was a little better. They said, you know, we're trying to work out a way and we'll figure it out. I think the Netherlands kind of said the same thing. But the worst was Sweden, man. Sweden. All right. No wonder that I don't know how other people are. Ha- if you're Swedish, 
you should listen to what your government's doing and be a little less happy. All right? <laughs> Strike that smirk off your face. Uh, know what the world's going through. Be a little more sad, you you bastards. <laughs> so so what what happened was this guy shared his, is in the news, he shared his uh, communication with the Swedish person. Uh, I got to find out what her name was. I want to name and shame her. You know, I, I want to name and shame her. So I'm going to say... Um, what was it? Let me let me look this up. I really, she's the head of the immigration there, I suppose, and um, oh, I don't have to. Oh crap! I, I kind of wait. I have internet. I got internet here, and I'm gonna look this up. All right. The reason I'm naming and shaming her is because when you read about her reaction and her responses, you will be like, this is just absolutely horrific and just terrible. And how she's responded to the whole thing. And unfortunately, I just like all I'm looking up online now is how I India has overtaken China in terms of population. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible because now there's so many Indians. Okay. All right. Uh, that was my inner Pakistani speaking. Sorry about that, guys. I love you. Um, so here, here we go. It's the Swedish person. Um, so this guy, Mahmoud, he, he reaches out to uh, Christina Brooks. She's the head of migration at the Swedish embassy in Khartoum, uh, or was. And, and she says, uh, you can't access your passports. We've evacuated the building. Please. Uh, so the guy goes, hey, listen, let me know. How do I get to the embassy? Take my passport. I need to be ready to leave the country. Our building is not safe anymore. And she goes, I'm deeply sorry, but that's not possible. That's that's what she responds with. He says uh, she she recommends then uh, he uses a photocopy of his passport to exit Sudan. All right. And maybe his marriage certificate might help and stuff. Uh, and I hope that she's I hope that you and your family manage to get out and you stay safe. And he sends her back a picture of his faded pass photocopied passport. He says, I can't leave with this. Uh, and she stops responding uh, by by this time, right? So she's just like ignoring it. And it's just the the audacity <laughs> to go, hey, listen, uh, try a photocopy passport. I don't know. Where in the world does that crap work? All right. Where? I want to know. And, you know, it's just amazing. So, so these kind of stories, this is like a nightmare for me. Yeah. And... Um, and so it really bugs me, you know, and this visa inequality, it affects people from from certain countries and a lot, you know, uh, it's it's just it's a whole it's, it's unequal treatment of people based on our nationalities when it comes to obtaining visas for travel. Right. It affects people from countries with weaker passport power or who are deemed high risk by immigration authorities. And, and so it results in unequal opportunities for education, work, and and your personal growth, right? Again, like a personal story, my, my brothers, I remember when they were trying to get to high school in the States, when their visa got rejected at that time, it was a, a frivolous reason. They were just like, you know, hey, we don't think you two will come back. And it was disappointing because it was, you know, my parents had shown enough money. My dad was well settled. And those kind of things just hold you back. It wasted a whole year of my siblings because they canceled the visa. They, they rejected a visa last minute after they had enrolled and everything. And they had to then find. They eventually got to Canada. Uh, and again, just some of the stories that you are common in this part of the world. And they they, they really, the, the effect is something we don't realize. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's that and and the reason i think why we should do it right it's uh it's it's because first of all people should have the right to move and travel freely because you know it's our right to explore the world maybe there's a dream you're chasing and maybe you'll get to connect with people from different backgrounds and and i think that would make the world a better place it would definitely promote cross cultural understanding and you know, I also think people don't realize, I think it would lead to more uh, economic and social growth, right? You, you're traveling around, tourism would be a boost. When people mingle and move about, there's always, overall, there's always more wealth building. So it's just, it, it, it's it's terrible to do that. You know, there's there's cultural benefits of freedom of movement. So like, I, you know, I don't want to sound like a, like an economist or something, but tourism, trade and diversity, like how can you, argue that stuff is not going to move up it, it, it has to generate more revenue and more jobs so i i don't believe it right and, and cultural mixes dude if we didn't move around how would i know about mexican tacos right like i would not have been exposed to al bake from saudi arabia so all these things matter and and that's why i want to move about i i my, my my wife and my kid are british and so they get through very quickly to places and uh and I have to lag around and a lot of our plans hinge on whether I can come up and plan things properly. And you know, what bugs me again is we applied, uh, I had to apply, we went to Karachi recently and I took um, uh, our nanny who's uh, who, who's from the Philippines. We took uh, my wife and kid who are British and my brother's wife who's German. So we had to apply for their visas and it, it you know, it was last minute, a lot of stress. And I, I just found it funny that it's it's kind of like uh it's i think i may i spent more time uh and money on the visa application than on than on the actual trip right like it's just it, it happens we went for a few days but the stress of it was more before we traveled um you apply for a us visa and you have to go through like rounds of interview and maybe provide a dna sample i don't know you know just to get a visitor visa to the us it's uh it's it, it's like the process it's like a rite of passage for some people it's like congrats you've made it to the next level of bureaucracy you know um i i've just heard people hiring immigration lawyers just to navigate the visa application process it, it, it's it's so annoying it's like hiring a sherpa to climb mount everest i just find all of it really crazy that whole visa inequality thing it's like a never-ending game of red light green light you never know when you're going to be stopped in your tracks right like it's it all these things that just build up lots of issues for me and uh and i think people kind of go hey um we we, we uh this is affecting lives and opportunities of people and we can change it but people uh they want to they, they want to uh they, they they want to have these so like uh, blocks there uh, because they believe that oh it'll affect security and jobs and stuff and I don't believe that I don't believe that I think overall it would be better for allowing people to just move about yeah and you you, you got to look at some sort of visa policies reforming them you know we live in this digital world everyone everyone's passport is tracked don't tell me you can't see what is going on anymore we we live in not a police state but a policed world now you know so i think uh more so more than ever it it should be easier for us to allow people to move about because you've got trackers on everybody I'd like to see more countries talking to each other and allowing people to move about. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what we should do. That that thing should be like on the table for any meeting you do. You, at the very least, you got to look at reducing the application fees, man, like streamlining the procedures. I know with the whole e-visa, it has sometimes, but it's still linked back to what you, I'll give, uh, link back to what your situation is, right? If it's good in terms of, it's linked back to your association with the West, for example, or those countries that allow people to move. And here's an example. I, I, I said at the beginning, the UAE, the residency helps you move to a few more countries. Uh, Turkey, I didn't apply. I need to apply for a visa because I've got a U.S. visa stamped on my passport, which allows me visa on arrival or the pre-e-visa book to go through it. And, and so my worth is accordingly <laughs> based on the U.S. giving me a visa and stuff, right? It just it bugs me, this kind of stuff. And so, you know, more transparency around it. Uh, we we got to promote equal treatment. All right. You just got to promote equal treatment. I spoke about if you look up the Algeria um, episode a few a uh, couple of months ago, uh, I talked about it, about the visa process for Algeria as well. It was strange that they're so strict about people coming into their country, you know, Uh and and they they get people brainwashed into their, their people brainwashed into thinking that's the right way and everybody's just closed off to each other no wonder the world's in the state we are in right now right you gotta we gotta find ways to challenge address like there'll be political re- resistance all right there'll be bureaucratic uh, bureaucratic obstacles and and it, it, these solutions to implement they, they're going to use a lot of resources I don't know I just there's got to be more activism around around this from civil society, right? And and I think more and more individuals should push for change. But who's going to? Uh, I can't because I'm on the side of people who need this to happen, right? And the people who are on the other side, the well-off or the privileged, well, what incentive do they have to change this? Uh, a lot of them are not even conscious about. It's only when you travel, when these people start traveling with someone like me, they realize, oh my God, this is such a pain point. Yeah. Or, or when they date someone or they're married to someone and they go, oh, wow. Hey, <laughs> that's a lot of trouble. And I, I and there are loads of examples um, around Dubai, especially as well with people, you know, because you, you see them all the time. So what I'm trying to say is uh, reach out to me. I'm talking to the countries here and allow me to travel to your places because I'm a comic and the worst thing I'll do is a bomb on stage. All right. Ha ha ha. Uh, (laughs) The joke from the 90s. Um, The worst thing I'll do is spread laughter and happiness, hopefully. Or maybe that's the best thing I'll do. Um, For those who haven't seen my comedy, might who or who have seen it might differ, but (laughs) I need more freedom to travel freely It means a lot to me, and I think, uh, I hope in the future that we start moving towards that, yeah? So that's that's my pitch. That's my rant about the whole situation. I do a lot of jokes about it, too, in my material. I know a lot of other brown comics do it because it's such a pain point for us. Uh, I just hope at some point we'll sort this out and, and the world will be more free, you know? Uh, I genuinely think it'll make it better for everybody. And, uh, and there's no, no real harm, uh, like I said, in this digital age and stuff. Anyway, speaking of which, um, 
I've been uh, I've been doing uh, I've been a little off my game with the social media stuff. It's uh, it's always tricky. Sometimes just lazy, and uh, I want to know um, what kind of stuff you like watching. I want you to leave a comment because I not because I want anything to do with my algorithm. I really genuinely am interested in what makes you watch a video. You know, I want to see how I can grow my stuff, and I'm trying to put up more standard material. So do check out my Instagram page for it. This is a total ad. I'm pushing. Uh, peddling my Instagram handle at Salman ZQ uh, and, and, and tell me what you think about this stand-up clips. Um, I've been gigging more. I gigged the last two nights. It was really interesting because I got I, I just got up and I wanted to try two new bits and they were both uh, really fun to do, fun to write, um, partly based on real life and partly because I, I was proud of uh, like writing it up properly before I got on stage. Sometimes I waffle too much and those wins are good. It worked well somewhat and both nights and one night a certain bit killed and the other nights other parts killed. So that's a, that's an insight on standard material. It's really cool because when you do it, people kind of laugh at different parts. People laugh at one part consistently. You go, I got to keep that. And there's a lot of honing of a joke before uh, comics want to put it out there, you know? Uh, into the world on videos and stuff so yeah that's a little secret um, I'm looking forward to the year I know I started off by saying yeah I'm going to strike off goals but I think there's a lot left in 2023 I still have a great feeling about this year um, I've been working with some great uh, brands this year as well the last one I did was Bulgari uh, and, uh, and you learn every time uh, when you interact with these guys about what you can pick up and implement and, and it was cool luxury brands are really fun to work with in a way you know it's a it's such an interesting world and, and I think I might do a podcast on that at some point as well <laughs> so there you go my kid we're starting speech therapy next week um, he started speaking up which is positive uh, he's uh, he, he's a bit delayed on that side uh, with the speech side but he's a smart cookie so I'm not too worried about him, uh, you know, biting my head off with all these questions and stuff uh, very soon. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to as a dad. Um, if you are looking to catch me at a live show, like I said, follow my Instagram handle. I've been putting up stories there. And also, um, you know what, like just uh, just make sure you check out the events that I list and come down. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very close to announcing some cities as well. So again, keep a lookout for that. Uh, I might be coming to your town soon, fingers crossed, over the next uh, three, four months. And I'm really excited about it to see uh, how it goes internationally. All right. Um, you guys have a fun couple of weeks ahead. Uh, I will catch you on the next episode. Th thanks for listening. Goodbye. Or as a dog would say, woof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs>